the National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to Williams. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores. See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It goes down. It goes down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. We want to thank you for downloading, subscribing to the podcast. Uh, I am the host, 12 Kyle. And once again, this is Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast, the best couple of hours of your sports week. Uh, We talk about any and everything under the sun as far as sports is concerned. Uh, also pop culture, and we talk a little bit about everything. As I mentioned, we got a lot of stuff to cover, man. Uh, the Final Four is March Madness, and I will not be doing this show alone. Of course, I will be joined by my homies, my man Beezy, 430. Beezy, what up, though? What up? What's going on, Kyle? Chilling, man, chilling. What's cracking? None, just over here creeping. <laughs> creeping? Creeping, man. I'm creeping, oh. cuz. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> That's what we do up in these streets, man. We, I'm, I'm cripping, cuz. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Get my cripple. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also joining me is my homie, Ken. Ken, what's going on, man? <laughs> Nothing much, man. <clears throat> uh, I'm not cripping. Uh, <laughs> 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 nah, I'm just I- chilling, man. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, we have a, a new podcast, uh, people. and we It's called Is the Mic Still On? So uh, check it out. You can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, um, all of those good places. But it's called Is the Mic Still On? And we're just on there pretty much just, just talking about life, man. Now, Ken, when you say we have a new podcast, please explain to people who we are. Oh, that's, well, yeah. So it's Because everybody crew. don't know. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's pretty much the the dead end hip hop crew. So, as um, B, Mike, Ralph, and um, and myself, and Rod. Actually, Rod is not behind the camera because it's a podcast. He's actually on the show, and of course, Sophie's on the show as well, and it's produced by Jay Burritos of Runaway Jukebox. There you go. There you go. So, you, so I think and you know it's funny, Ken, because sometimes I think we get on here and we just start talking. And we talk like everybody knows who we are and everything like that. And sometimes we got to kind of reset and remind people mm-hmm. of what we do outside of this as well. Um, if you're listening, I, I, too, have a podcast. It's called the 12 Kyle Podcast. Uh, if you're listening, uh, make sure that you subscribe uh, to the podcast. You can find it on Stitcher, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as well as Google Play. Uh, coming up on this week's particular podcast, I'm going to talk about why what makes a hip hop album a classic hip hop album. So all you hip hop heads, you want to stay tuned for that, because I'm going to tell you why a whole bunch of the albums that we say are classic really ain't classic. So be on the lookout for that. So, uh, yeah. But today we're talking sports. Our boy FIFO is on the way. So here we are. We are ready for the uh, ready for the NCAA tournament. Uh, The field of 64 is being set. The brackets are out. Everybody's going to want to know the the operative question. You know, how's your brackets looking? So let's start right there at the beginning. And and, and we, as I mentioned at the top, we have our boy Chris uh, Platt joining us. Um, so, B, I'll start first with you. Uh, as far as your final four, who do you have for your final four right now? Damn, just go right to it, huh? Hey, hey man, we, we got to get right in to get into it. <laughs> final four? 
And I mean, to be honest with you, I ain't think I filled out my bracket yet because I'm waiting. You for know, the I haven't either. I haven't I'm waiting either. for the playing games to be finished. But um, off top of my head, I'm gonna go with uh, Arizona. Ooh, okay. Um, that's one. Uh, second, I'm gonna go with um Kansas. Mm. Okay. Third, third, I'm gonna go with. Just, just, just for, just for, just because of his dad, UCLA. Okay. Wow. Okay. And then the fourth one, it not, not mind you, it might change because once I like look at the brackets and look at everything, the matchups right, and stuff, right. it might change. I'm just going re- strictly off the top of my head mm-hmm. and what I remember where teams placed that in their in the regions and stuff. Um, last one would probably be probably. So you Villanova. Yeah. I think okay. I say them first, or did no, I? No, 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 no. You got it. So you, oh, yeah, yeah. that's your East pick right there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, B. So, so right, so right now, now keep in mind, as as he mentioned, folks, he has not filled out his bracket. Uh, we have a we have a few uh, we have a couple of days before the brackets actually need to be done uh, at the time of this recording. Um, Chris, what about you? Uh, your final four right now. All right. So. Um... First off, I would like to offer that offer a piece of advice that take everything I say with a grain of salt. I don't <laughs> I don't stay I, I don't stay too in touch with college basketball. I try, but you know, I, I mean I, I focus more on the NBA. But uh man, just go just looking at the bracket, um my final four, like just like a quick one, like breezy, it's not final, but I'm thinking I'm thinking Duke, Arizona, Kentucky, and gotta rep my college, Michigan State. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's go. You, you believe? Hey, shout party. out! Shout out to Breezy too, because um, I know I know you're always on the Dead and Hip Hop podcast promoting Detroit. I'm from I'm from Metro Detroit, not Detroit, but uh, slightly outside of like 25 minutes outside it. So where at? Where at? Uh, uh, like the Macomb County area. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it so is not, so close enough. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, it's so no, there, there's there. no uh there's no R too, it's just B B B Z. Oh yeah, B Z yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not not breezy as Chris Brown. Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, that, that's, that's that must have been what it was. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ken? Your final four. All right, so I'm in the same boat as you guys, but what I did prior to the show was I filled out a bracket just um just picking, right? So um, just kind of see what would my final four be. And I, I, except for UCLA, I think I'm pretty much uh, with B. I have Villanova, Arizona, Kansas, and North Carolina. So I don't have okay, UCLA okay. final four. You got Carolina coming out. And what's interesting is as, as I'm listening, I'm trying to figure out how everybody's going as far as picking that south bracket. Uh, I'm going to go – yeah, I know, right? And and again, mine could change between now and then. Um, out of the West, I'm picking Arizona. Um, they they look really really good in that Pac-12 tournament. Uh, East, I gotta go. I gotta go Villanova. Um, and then in the Midwest, Midwest, I've got Louisville. And then coming out of the South, oh, man, something tells me not to trust them, but I'm going with Carolina. Uh, so we'll so that's so that's my that's my final four for right there right now. Um again that could change. But um that South bracket is a gauntlet. I mean like between yeah, North Car- between North Carolina, uh Kentucky, UCLA, I mean just those top three teams, I mean somebody's gonna go home upset. Um don't sleep on that East region too. Oh oh no. It, 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 the East is not a cakewalk either. I mean, because you got Villanova and you got Duke. Uh, Baylor is going to be a tough out, even though they lost uh, the kid. I can't remember his name uh, to do an injury, knee injury. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, particularly as we get closer and closer as we move from round to round. Um, now, a lot has been made as far as Duke is concerned. Um, obviously, Duke did not win the ACC regular season tournament, but they did come back and they won four games in four days in the ACC tournament. Uh, to win the ACC tournament and, you know, kind of really, at least according to Vegas, is now the odds-on favorite to win it all. Um, do you think that Duke should have been the odds-on favorite to win it all, B? Uh, no. Um, 
I mean, I, I think, I, I, you know, people, are, of course, they're going to look at them, of course, because of Coach K. And they managed to be the first time. I think I, was, I, think I was read somewhere it was the first time a five seed in the ACC tournament run at, won at all, won the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. And it was a five seed. So, and I guess they're looking at it as they're rolling at the right time of the year. Because, yeah, they were looking pretty shaky. We know what. The whole situation with uh, Allen and everything, and you know, are, are, is is Duke for real? But and uh, I don't. It's you know what? It's amazing how nobody's talking about Villanova. Like nobody, nobody. Here are, <laughs> are the returning champs, right? They went thirty-one and three in the regular season. Nobody is even mentioning them. Like we've been talking about the Kansas, the Kentuckys of the world, UCLA, Dukes. You know, uh, Florida, the Baylor's, and all them. No one is saying anything about Villanova, which is, is which is interesting to me. I don't know if they're going to view that as as motivation, but no, Duke is definitely not the favors to me. You know, the funny thing about Villanova be is that I didn't know. Like, I I just found out that they were the number one seed. Yeah, the yeah, they tournament. they are the overall. Mm-hmm. They are number one seed. <laughs> right, but I never hear about them. I didn't know they were having. Like I knew they were having a good season, but all I saw was Gonzaga, right? North Carolina, Kentucky, yeah, whatever. So, yep. yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm just shocked that nobody's really talking about them. Talking about the way that returning champs and everything, and we mm-hmm. all know how hard it is to repeat in the, yep. in, in college basketball, man. Yeah, they, man. They, they could possibly they could possibly do it again. You know what I'm saying? They can run the table again, and nobody's talking about them. Yeah, man. I I just I just put too much uh I just don't put enough stock in the fact that going back to back in in a sport like college basketball where it is a 64 team tournament like mm. I I don't know, man. I mean, as good as you are, I mean, we've seen so many upsets all the time. So yep. to me, to me that's why I didn't even have them in the final four was just based off of pure like almost like statistical logic like what's the odds that this team is going to win the championship then get back to the final four you know so what what, what's your thoughts chris on duke um what's your thoughts on them being the odds on favorite to win it all yeah to me i i don't really get it honestly because duke has been just a roller coaster all year so um i mean granted Granted, I mean, when you always when you have Coach K, you have a program like Duke, you you always should deserve a shot. But to be the favorite, I just I I can't see it. I mean, we we talked about Villanova. I would put Villanova over just because of talent and just because of what I believe and uh, Villanova has done it recently. Mm-hmm. And you know, so there's that. But yeah, I mean, Duke's just been a roller coaster. You never know what you're gonna get. Uh, you're not. You don't know what you're gonna get with them. This is the first time in a long time that Duke has been inconsistent, and so to me, it it was a total like left field shocker when I heard that like Duke was, you know, being put as this favorite. Uh, to me, to me, it just it quite frankly doesn't make sense. What about you, Ken? Your thoughts on Duke? I think people are just looking at what they did in the tournament, man, um, and I think. Based on what I saw in in the tournament, um, I don't think that they should be the favorite because yeah, they had a lot of comeback wins, but they were down by double digits. You know, they were down by double digits to um, North Carolina, Louisville, and, North Carolina right, and, and Louisville was, was another team. So they should have been they they had a chance to be popped twice. And, and Notre Dame, they were down uh, double digits against Notre Dame as well in a championship game. Hmm. So see, so. For me, man, if if you have to rely on comebacks to to win games, one that's great because it shows that you know you have some toughness to you, and that you you don't get down on yourself and you're willing to fight all the way through to the end. But when you're in the NCAA tournament, you're facing a lot of elite teams over and over again, and some of these teams won't roll over like Louisville did, who fell in love with the three point shot and just kept jacking them up. Um, or like North Carolina just fell apart. I don't know what happened to them, but mm. so, but when you play, you're going up against a team like possibly Villanova, right? So you may end up facing Villanova to go to the Final Four. I don't know if I like your chance because, like B mentioned, is that they're deep. I don't think Duke has that deep of a bench, and they rely a lot on like streak uh, streak shooting. 
Like these guys mm-hmm. got to get like really, really hot. Grace Allen got to get really, really hot. Uh, Luke Kennard has to get really, really hot. But but if they're not hot and if those shots are not falling, I mean, you know, we can say this about a lot of teams, but specifically right. speaking towards Duke, if they're not hitting those outside perimeter shots, which they rely on so much, then they're going to struggle because that's kind of the basis for their offense. Um, now, I do like this Jason Tatum kid. He's mm-hmm. really developed and coming to his own, um, you know, as the season has progressed. And he was the one that really kept Duke in that game against Louisville. But – for me, man, when when you're you're facing again, when you're going up against guys like, you probably have to see Baylor, you know, and then mm-hmm. you have to see Villanova, the mm-hmm. number one overall seed. I don't know why they have them favored to win at all. And say for instance, you do get to the final four, then you got to beat Arizona. And say for instance, you do beat Arizona. Now you may beat North Carolina if North Carolina make it, but I don't like your odds against Kansas. I don't like your chances against Oregon, and. If Kentucky make it, you might beat Kentucky because they just run up and down the court and rely on athleticism and talent to win games. But what if UCLA went make it? The, so I just the, the field is just too tough, man. And I don't see them based on what they have on that roster. I don't see why they're the favorite to win at all. That's a good point. I yeah, agree. I, I agree too. I think I think one of the things that that you mentioned, Ken, that I think kind of gets lost in 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 translation is the fact that they only go seven deep you know k only goes seven deep as far as the, the amount of kids that he plays so you know you're asking you know a kid like harry giles to come off the bench and you know really really produce you know against some of the better competition and it's not to say that he can't but it's just that's asking a lot or you're asking Grayson Allen who's been a, who's been up and down this year. Kennard has been very consistent. Tatum has been consistent, but <clears throat> you know, you're asking Jefferson, those guys really to carry a lot of minutes as well as the offensive burden. Uh, like you said, making outside shots. I understand why Duke is the favorite, but I wouldn't have named them the favorite. Uh, and, and like you said, Ken, I think it's strictly because of, their performance in the in the ACC tournament, you know, they play valiantly against these teams. But again, I saw all of those games. Duke was down. I mean, like Kentucky, not, not Kentucky, Louisville and Carolina both pissed those games away. You kind of could tell in the ACC championship game that Notre Dame probably just didn't have enough to to, to hold them off when they when they did get a lead. But even then, they were up by eleven. I think at some point, like maybe with like ten minutes left in the second half. Um, obviously, against a team like Duke, you, you, you're not going to sit on a 10-point lead. But um, would I have named them the the number one overall? Nah. I mean, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because I think this is, like Chris mentioned, I think this team is, is they've been inconsistent all year. And you you had, you know, the Grayson Allen tripping thing. And then Coach K was out for a few games with his back. And, you know, this is one of the teams where you just really – you don't know which Duke team is going to show up, um, and that could be <laughs> good or bad uh, for Duke fans. Um, yeah. Now, every year there's a double-digit seed that seems to come, a, a Cinderella that seems to come out of nowhere. Um, looking at the bracket, Chris, can you think of, does there any is there any double-digit seed that you think might have a good run in this particular tournament? You know, one one that I looked at off bat, and you know, I know I know this is probably gonna turn some heads, but uh, I got to hear you guys' thoughts on this. I, I'm kind of liking Princeton. I'm okay. Kinda, I'm kind of really liking them. I mean, they're they're just they're they're red hot coming into the tournament, and you know, when it is sometimes, and you see this in the NFL and just a lot of sports in general that have these one and done games. It's like you know. Not necessarily the best team wins, but the hottest team wins. And so Princeton right now is on fire, and you know I think that if I think that if they can continue to carry that momentum, if they come out strong, I think I think they'll 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 it, they'll relax and they'll get going, and then they can just kind of take off and rattle off a few wins in the tournament. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? Um, you know what I have. Let's see. I have Wichita State. Okay. Um, I have VCU. Um, oh, you got multiple teams. Okay. I have Xavier. Um, I have Marquette. 
Well, damn, Ken, how many, how many double digits do you think it's going to I don't know about this one. It depends on who wins, Providence or USC, but I had them too. And Man, then I had, he must have thought. I had Nevada. He must thought the higher seeds were were the were, were the um the higher numbers were the higher seeds. Well, you know what? <laughs> you here's, but see, here's the thing with Ken. Ken is going to be in like 15 different brackets bracket challenges. <laughs> so he, he so there's going to be a bracket challenge where he picks like you know a 13 seed and a and a 12 seed from from different brackets that actually make it to like the final four. So <laughs> th- there's a method. There's a method to his madness. There is like this was like the test bracket. Let me see. Let me just fill it out. (laughs) Go with like I'm gonna just pick them. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I got yeah. Those are the ones. And then Nevada was the last one. But you know, the official bracket, the only one that counts is the one that we all do together. So all the other ones (laughs) don't really matter. B, what about you, man? Um, Any any particular double digit uh, seed that you think might make a run and and be Cinderella this year? Um, I can. Possibly see Nevada, but the teams I got is probably going as far as the Sweet 16, which is Nevada, Xavier, and I think I had one more. Nevada, Xavier, and it was somebody else. It was somebody else. Oh, and what? Uh, Wichita State, maybe, maybe okay. they have to pull up a, a super upset and, 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 and take care of Kentucky, but. You know, other the other two two teams I see, I think they can probably go as far as the Sweet Sixteen. I've got um, East Tennessee State. Uh, they're in the East. What? Um, they may be able to pull off a, an upset against. I, I mean, it's it's pie in the sky. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, <laughs> but uh, that that, yeah, that yeah. that's a well, you know what? That's a team I think, man. That that has come. They've come on strong here late, the last month and a half of the season. And um, they did well in their tournament and everything. And I think, you know, they're going to come in a, into the tournament flying high. Uh, I think when you're playing, a, you know, in, in particular, it's going to be a four against a 13. Um, and, and Florida is obviously the better team. But I think sometimes what happens in some of these, particularly some of these earlier games, we and we see it every year, man. You know, the game gets close. And then it's at halftime. And you look up at the scoreboard and maybe the team that should be blowing them out by 20 is only up by three. And then, you know, you get into the second half and these teams, you know, they start knocking down shots. And then what happens? It doesn't matter where they are. The fans get behind the underdog. And then everybody on the, on the you know, the, 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 the team that should win, you know, they start getting kind of tight. You know, so I, 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 got, I got East Tennessee State. That's, that's, that could be the team that could – and like B said, I don't think anybody can get past the Sweet 16. But as far as double-digit uh, seeds, I think that – might be the one for me. Yeah, and not to mention real quick is uh Florida's also got also has that that major injury too, so that can uh that can pose a huge upset for the first round. Exactly. Uh, that that can play into that well. But damn, can you name damn near every double digit C but my team? <laughs> <laughs> now, um last question on the uh, NCAA, man. Um every year there's you know, one or two star. Well, I don't want to say one or two. That there's the stars. You know, because really to advance, you need big time players have to make big time plays in these games. Um, and then there's some players that we just look forward to seeing, and it's almost like they're coming out party in the tournament. B, is there any particular players that the people listening should be looking forward to seeing, or, or people that you're looking players that you're looking forward to seeing? Um. Ah shoot! Um, what's the guy from Purdue? Ah shoot! Forget it. Forgot his name. He's like a double double machine. Plays uh, for I know Purdue. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh man, what, Can you, you remember his name? Plays for Purdue. Caleb Swanigan. Yeah, yeah, him, him. Not nobody's been talking about him all season. I mm-hmm. think I think if Purdue can make a make a run at this. In the tournament, and he and he plays good. I think that can be that can be a, a, where did this guy come from type of star? Because we all know in the NCAA tournament, we know about this the the balls and all them, but you know it's 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 the the unknown the stars we didn't really hear about during the regular season that comes comes and shine in the, in front of the bright lights that end up end up being first round top ten draft picks just because of their performance in the tournament. So you know we always have those man. So. I'm looking to see who I think that guy from Purdue can definitely be one of those one of those guys. 
What about you, Chris? And twelve. You know, I'm I'm gonna go with an obvious answer, and it's more so a just like a personal. I want to see what he's got as somebody who didn't watch much UCLA this year. I'm looking forward to seeing what Ball can do in the tournament, man. Because same here. Uh, you know, same as here. as someone as someone that's like I I'm I much prefer the NBA over college, and you know, so I like to see these stars in the tournament. I like to see how they do. Um, so I don't really have anyone that's kind of under the radar that I'm looking forward to. So I'm more I'm more interned because again, someone who doesn't watch as much college basketball, I want to see what what the stars what the stars are going to do in the tournament you know and kind of and, and kind of that'll be some some of them it might even be my first look at them uh for the for the year so it'll be so that's what i'm looking forward to is more of the big names okay what about you ken yeah definitely definitely alonzo ball especially with the way his dad is out there running his mouth <laughs> you know i oh, don't yeah. want to talk about him uh later on in the show but uh definitely him um, I, I got uh, Malik Monk. I definitely want to see what he does. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, talk about him. And um, so I definitely want to see what, what he do on the biggest stage. Um, I'm with B. Uh, Caleb Swanigan is uh, is somebody that, that I want to see um, in, in the tournament as well. But really the guy that I'm interested in seeing the most is uh, is Lonzo Ball. Because he, he, his, his dad, man. His dad got him out there, man. <laughs> oh, no yeah. doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, much like you guys, uh, Lonzo, Lonzo Ball, I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, I, I, but I think probably the kid that I'm looking forward to seeing the most is the Hart kid from uh, Villanova. Uh, I'm really, really interested in seeing what Villanova and, – and like Chris said, I don't watch a lot of college basketball. I watch probably more college – I usually start watching college basketball – um, right before, like maybe two weeks or so before the conference tournament starts. So probably about the last month I've been watching college basketball. But up until then, I, I'll be honest, I didn't watch maybe two or three games. Um, so like Ken said earlier, I had, I had prior to the Big East tournament, I hadn't seen Villanova all year. And I watched them in the Big East tournament, and it was really, really cool seeing Hart and Chris Jenkins and the other kid, I can't remember his name, light-skinned kid, plays point guard. Um just watching those guys play together and seeing how um, Jay Wright has that team running like a, a, a well-built engine. Um, but I'm interested to see how Hart, you know, coming back, uh, this is his last go-round, seeing how he's going to carry the team. I think, like like B said, you know, every year there's always one. I mean, like, the stars are going to be stars, but it's when you see a guy get hot, I think sometimes you can see guys just carry teams like back in the day how Danny Manning carried Kansas or back when Glenn Rice carried uh, Michigan back in 89. Um, you know, so I'm looking for that type of performance. Now, unfortunately, you don't necessarily have to have that performance on a night to night basis. But I, I'm always interested to see the guy from the schools or maybe the unknown schools who the guys who get hot all of a sudden during the tournament. And, um, you know, even like Curry did a few years ago when he came out of college at Davidson, getting his team to the Sweet 16. So um, looking forward to seeing that uh, as the tournament moves forward. Uh, Let's move over to the NFL. Free agency is in full effect. The New England Patriots have done it again. Uh, I don't know how it was possible for someone to win the Super Bowl and then turn around and win free agency. But the Patriots have done just that within a matter of a couple of months. Uh, if you have not heard, New England pulled off a major blockbuster trade, uh, bringing in, getting, giving up draft picks and bringing in uh, all-star wide receiver Brandon Cooks from the uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, giving Tom Brady another weapon along with Gronk, who will be back next year. Uh, the Patriots, man, it, it's, 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 Ken, how does this keep happening? Man. You know what, Kyle? I think you threw it to me on first on purpose because you know how I feel about the Patriots. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> oh, I had to catch myself. I was about to go off. Um, I don't know, man. Like it, it just like I heard, I saw the rumors of them potentially about to acquire Brandon Cooks, and we all have seen. We know what type of speed this guy has. Brandon Cooks is perfect for that Patriot system. 
Perfect. I mean, and this guy is fast as hell. If they had He's guys like Hogan burning people, imagine what Cooks is going to do. So, I don't know, man. I, I just, I really don't get it. it. It makes no sense for me, but, you know, I, I'm seeing everybody brag about, you know, the the Patriots, and they went, now, now all of a sudden they're winning the offseason. They're smarter than everybody else. They're doing all this damn Patriot love, which, I mean, they've earned it. But it's like, God dang, like, what What are the Saints thinking? <laughs> what was everybody else thinking? Like, these dudes just came back because of an inept coach uh, that we had in Kyle Shanahan just came back from a 28-9 to deficit to win a Super Bowl that they should not have won because Kyle Shanahan's ri- ridiculousness. I think at the end of the day, man, what it says is that um, the NFL is a business. And they're going to make moves um, based on business decisions. And, you know, I think for most organizations, they like, look, we, we're confident that, depending on the organization doing the training, that we can still go out and beat you. Now, you'd be naive to think that. But, um, you know, I think that they're just trying to position themselves for the future. Because if you look at the Patriots, we got about five more years uh, to deal with them, you know, if, if you don't like the Patriots like me. If you love the Patriots, you got five more years of winning Super Bowls. Because right now, I mean, they were the favorites coming in, but right now, I don't see how anybody cannot cannot have them as the favorite, you know, leading into next year. It's just sick, man. It's just sickening. Beasy, what about you, man? Um, how do they keep pulling off these trades, man? I don't know, man. I, I guess they saying like, look, you come with us. You gonna win? You gonna? It's a guarantee. You gonna? I don't know what they saying to these players in these meetings, man. Yeah, when I when I saw that Cooks uh, sign with them, I was like, Jesus, boy! If you a Patriots fan, you are loving every. I mean, and I said this. I think I tweeted this. I said, I like Patriots out there retooling, like they came up short in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. They just won the freaking Super Bowl, and they out there making moves and hustling and busting, like 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 they came up short two years in a row. You know what I'm saying? It's like Jesus Christ, and the fact that and you know Patriots never they ain't known for paying nobody unless you Tom Brady. They ain't <laughs> paying nobody. It's always their motto is always next man up. So yep. if they can still do this, and 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 Ken said it perfect. Brandon Cooks fit that system perfect, man. Just for the type of offense that they run, he is going to he's he this this pickup puts Brandon Cook. This is NFL fantasy talk now. Puts him at least top three. Maybe a late third, early fourth round draft pick now. Oh, no question. Like, as no in question. before, he was probably a sixth, seventh rounder. Now going in this season, you know, you better scoop up Brent. If he's sitting there in that he's late coming third off the round, board quick. You better, get, <laughs> you better get him because he's going to eat off of Brady, man, like for real. So, yeah, man, the rich keep getting richer. I just need Aaron Rodgers to win like four more Super Bowls. Uh, <laughs> that's, tough. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. That's <laughs> tough. You said it like so we you said it like that noise. You said it like he's LeBron or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. We need somebody to get five more. We need somebody to match Brady. Who what might what get about two you? Or three more. What about you, Chris? Your your thoughts on on uh, the the evil empire, man? Still willing and dealing. Well, man, it sounds like I'm entering hostile territory here as a Brady fan, but um. <laughs> oh. Uh, it- Ken, we got a Brady fan on here? Oh, man, cut his mic. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead, man. Last time you guys hear me on the pod then. But no, um, (laughs) you know, to me, to me, just looking at it objectively, like it, I'm, I'm totally all in for what the Patriots are doing because a lot of people are saying, oh, Garoppolo, he's the future, blah, blah. Like, okay, Brady is one of, one of the greatest to ever do it. So it, like to me when you have somebody like that you owe it to them and not even to them just as a team it's smarter to invest in them to the end of their career because who's to say that Garoppolo will ever be 70% of Tom Brady it's true you know what i mean so so like to me like same reason with like LeBron LeBron you're going to keep building him a contender until the day he retires and same with what the, the Spurs did with Tim Duncan they always built around Tim Duncan. Why? Because when you have a generational talent, 
you know, even even as they age, they're still better than a lot of the other guys that are that are in the league. And so that's why that's why I think it's smart that they did that. I always said from the jump that they should continue to build around Brady for the next three to five years. One one because they've shown the ability to retool and to and to find find gems in the draft and everything. So I trust that they can they can continue to go on post Brady. But also, when you have a quarterback this good, it doesn't make sense to sacrifice a three to five year championship window to be to be decent for ten when you have the track record that they do of finding talent, acquiring talent by any means necessary. Like you said, underpaying players, finding finding just good value contracts all around the league and making smart moves. So, to me, um, to me, I I I appreciate the move. I think, and I'm not even like a big big Brady fan like that. Um, but I just think, you know, man, he's something special. And I think that the Patriots made the right move by going all in on Brady. That's a great point. That's a, that's a great point. Um, also joining us, our boy FIFO. FIFO, what's up, man? Yo, man, what's good? Chilling, man. Chilling, chilling. Uh, we were just talking about, uh, this, this mega deal that the Patriots just pulled off, man. What's your thoughts on, on, uh, Bill Belichick out here wheeling and dealing? Hey, man, I love it. I love it because I feel like if I was ever a GM or owner or whatever in any professional sport, I would definitely be making the right moves. And Belichick does that. And he's not scared to do that. And the point that B made, you know, he's retooling like he lost. And that's what you're supposed to do, even if you win, even if you lose, because you can never settle. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was the best you could do that year. Next year, you have to be even better. And that's what he's doing. And Man, like Brett, do you understand what Brandon Cooks is about to do for that offense? It's, it's almost what Randy Moss did. I'm telling you, it's about to be crazy because you can't guard these guys underneath. And now he has an over the top guy. Oh man, oh man, it, it it it's about to be a problem. I like I don't I don't know how many defenses are going to be able to contend with that at all. Yeah, I agree, man. I I, I think. I remember them interviewing Bill Belichick two days after the Super Bowl was over and they asked him what his thoughts were. And he said, I'm seven weeks behind on 2017. Yeah, he was. And I'm like, and I thought about the quote. I'm like, what, what does he mean? And I was like, damn, he he's all like, I, I don't even know if Bill Belichick like popped a bottle and celebrated that Super Bowl. Like he he probably was like, OK, let's let's get back to work tomorrow. And this organization, you know, love them or hate them. And I don't like the Patriots at all. Um, but I respect I respect what it, what they're doing is that like when we remember when we saw the Bulls dynasty in the 90s and the Lakers dynasty in the, in the early 2000s. But the teams got stagnant and they they kind of stopped wanting to move and stop playing for the future. And they said, OK, well, hey, this is where we are. and We're just going to stay here. They They are really, really going in. I mean, like. Think about it like this. A guy like Malcolm Butler, who is their, their all-star corner, Malcolm Butler is, if I'm not mistaken, he was a restricted free agent. So he's out now shopping around. So I think at the time of this recording, he's in uh, New Orleans to interview with the Saints. If he signs with the Saints, the Saints have to give up a first-round pick. Their first-round pick, if I'm not mistaken, is pick number 11. So can you imagine the Patriots getting the 11th pick after winning the Super Bowl? And and Belichick is the type of guy he he probably doesn't even need the the eleventh pick he'll just trade out of that spot and get like three more picks, I mean, what they're doing is crazy man. Mm-hmm. But that's how you run it, man. Like San Antonio, that's how yep. you run it. You got to find your gems. You got to have your your stability. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, the Patriots' stability has been Tom Brady for so long. It was. David Robinson, and then, you know, transitioning to Tim Duncan, but now you got Kawhi, and you have Manu and Tony that you found late, you know, and and obviously Tom Brady, the seventh round pick, man, look, man, this dude, Bill Belichick, man, he is the, I think, he has to be better, or you have to, like, he's better than Bill Walsh, He like, he's the guy all time, I, I, don't, I don't even think you could question it anymore. Would you, would you be hmm. surprised if they let Gronk go? Nope. 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 And it's the Hell look, man, no, I wouldn't be surprised. Look, whatever Belichick does, it's the right move. I'm not questioning that guy. Right. <laughs> Cause you remember you remember when um he let Richard Seymour go at the Seymour's yep. been having mm-hmm. like 
a monstrous year is always next man up. <laughs> I would yep. not be surprised if Gronk is gone. Yep. It's going to be interesting, man. It's, it's crazy. Now, the other thing that came from NFL free agency was uh, Brock Osweiler was gotten, he was traded to the Browns uh, from Houston uh, after one year, man. Brock Osweiler came over from Houston, came over from Denver, excuse me. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they basically told him to kick rocks. FIFA, are you, are you surprised that they gave up on him this soon? Nah, man, he looks bad. And, and, and he didn't look good in Denver. You know, here's the thing. Playing quarterback is, I think, is the most difficult job in professional sports. You have the fastest, strongest, most most athletic, you know what I'm saying, people coming at you. Every possession, every possession is to knock your head off, to, to, to make a play. And you have to stand in there, not even worry about that. Look downfield into tiny windows. And throw this pigskin through those little windows. Yo, do you want it's it Brock Osweiler? His biggest problem is his accuracy. He he has the height, 6'5. He has the stature, he has the arm, but he's not accurate. He and that will kill you in the NFL. And I don't care where he goes, he's gonna struggle, man. I don't I don't think he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he has proven to be a backup. And I don't even think he's a great backup at that. And that's crazy because they gave him a whole bunch of money, man, going to to leave, you know, Denver and come to to Houston, but after one year they they, you know, package him and send him on. Uh your thoughts on it, Chris? Uh yeah, I agree. I agree a lot with what FIFO said. Um you know, he just looked bad. Part of it was uh, he was also masked by just an overall great Denver team. So when you have you have that going for you, and you know, to me, Houston like their best player is obviously JJ Watt. Like I know I know you build around quarterbacks and everything, but you know, like JJ Watt's got got a window. He's got a he's got a shelf life too. And and that Houston defense is is just overall very strong with put players like Clowney and such as well. And so. To me, uh, you know, I I think that they I think that if they're not if they're not confident in a quarterback, look, like as someone as someone who one day aspires to be a part of a, of a front office building a team in the NBA, like to me, you gotta be you gotta be all in on your guys. And like FIFO said, it's the hardest position in the league. And so you know, if you if you even have a doubt that Osweiler is not the guy, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. You know, yeah, you got to cut some losses. But you know, if if he's not if he's not the guy, and he looked as bad as he did last year, there there's just there's just no way you bring him back, in my opinion. And also, quarterback like you know, young quarterbacks in particular struggle with confidence, and it's hard to bounce back from a year like that. A lot of quarterbacks, once they go in the hole, man, they don't they don't really come up. It's it's really only the the greats that do. So, to me, there there's just those are those are the many levels of of why they why they got rid of him and why I think they're justified in getting rid of him. B, what about you? What's your take on Osweiler? Uh, you know, this is what happened when you put, put all your money and stock on a backup QB. Um, <laughs> now, granted, who was that quarterback before? Uh, was it Hoyer? That was a yeah, quarterback yeah, before. Hoyer, so, I mean, granted, he, he, su- he sucked ass too. Um, and I guess they were like, hell, if, if we don't want to give him the keys no more, we might as well get a key to someone else. And they gave Osweiler a try. And I guess in this market, I guess the money that he was getting is okay. But, if, yeah, looking for me looking at it, I'm like, why y'all giving him that much money? That dude has not really proven anything. Um, and, we, and we saw it was evident in the playoffs. That's the only thing they was lacking was, was, was QB play. That it had good QB play, we wouldn't be talking about the Patriots being a five-time championship right now. Um I think they would have beat them in that first round in that first game um, against them. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, hey, it's I kind of saw it coming. I knew once he signed there and I knew like by the third week, I'm like, that dude ain't going to last it that long. So here it is. So I, I saw it coming. They just trying to make some room, get ready for Tony Romo. <laughs> well, I, I think it made, made sense, man, because, I you know, I've heard that they didn't even – they like Tom Savage more than Brock Osweiler. That's true. 
And for whatever reason, they decide, well, not for whatever reason, obviously money played a factor, but that's part of the reason why they, um, that I think they, they got rid of him because if they don't get Romo, then they can go with the guy they prefer anyway. They've ridded themselves of that contract and they no longer have to be the butt of the NFL unless Tom Savage is just as bad as Brock Osweiler. I'll be honest, he didn't look that much better uh, when he was out there. So, you know, to me, it's pick your poison. I mean, I'll, I, you know, I understand the move, right? I think the move is to obviously make a play for Romo. You have Romo, and we've talked about it before on the show, Romo, um, Will Fuller, um, DeAndre Hopkins, a couple of nice tight ends, um, and that defense. And now you got a quarterback that can move the ball up and down the field. Um, and a defense that can get you the ball back. Um, so you're not inept on one side of the ball, which they have been, and we know and have said on the show that there was a strong possibility that if they had a quarterback in the playoffs against the Patriots, they probably would have won that game. But they didn't. Therefore, they lost. And I think the other thing is sometimes you just got to cut your losses. And be like, yo, this didn't work. We haven't worked. We have someone that's willing to take this off of us and we can start over. So I don't think it's a bad move. They can go with the guy they wanted from the very beginning. Or if they have a chance to get Romo, they can get him and just plug him in there and just move forward. Yeah, and I think that's what everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen with Romo. Romo, as you all know, is at the time of this recording, is. Uh, still a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jerry Jones is holding out for a trade, but everybody on the block knows that you got to get that you're going to cut him. Um, and nobody's going to trade or give up a, a draft pick for Tony Romo at this point, especially when they know that you that you can't bring him back with that salary and be over the cap um, next season. So you know they're just trying to stall him out. I think it's 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 either Houston or Denver at this point. Um, I'm not surprised. Well, yeah, I was a little surprised, but not based on his play, but based on the way that the trade was structured because it was draft picks. And then, like, after Osweiler got traded, we heard that, you know, Cleveland is talking about cutting him. So it, it reminded me of an NBA trade. And, and, you know, you had all these draft insiders saying that, oh, man, you know, the N- the NFL are now doing uh, NBA trades where, you know, you trade a guy and then the teams don't need him and they just dump his salary or so forth and so on. Um, but Osweiler was bad. Osweiler, like B said, is the reason why uh, they couldn't get over the hump. And I think that that Houston team could have, at the very least, you know, put some fear in the New England Patriots last year. But, you know, in the playoffs, we saw what happened. I mean, they they played great defense on the defensive side of the ball, but couldn't get anything from the quarterback position. So um, Osweiler is on his way. He may stay in Cleveland. He may be cut. Uh, he's still going to get that 16 million that uh, from from this coming season. So no matter where he where he lands, he's going to get paid. But um, but yeah, man, that's 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 a cautionary tale, man, for these quarterbacks. And and hopefully the teams and I, n- I understand teams have to spend money. So you know when you look at a deal like Kirk Cousins is going to get the, the the franchise tender for I think 24 million dollars or something like that. Um, they got to pay him. But be careful about those contracts, man, because, you know, guys try to live up to them and sometimes they start pressing and then they just do not perform uh, the way that you would like them to. Hmm. Um, it's, it's about time for us to close up the podcast. So we end the podcast with our closing thoughts. You know, I just want to tell you guys, you know, no matter what you guys got going on in your life, no matter what difficulties, hardships you got going on, you can always prevail and always remember FIFO, Kyle, Ken, Chris. The ceiling is the roof. (laughs) (laughs) That's my final thought. Hey, I can't go after that. You you got it, B. You got it, B. As I mentioned at the top, man, Chris Platt joining us from uh, Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly uh, Hoop Talk Podcast, man. Thanks for coming on, Chris. Uh, uh, Do you have any closing thoughts for us? Uh yeah yeah man um I'm not gonna fall I'm not gonna fall off that too well but uh one thing I seriously just wanted to float out there and I was gonna put it on my podcast I'm I'm dropping tomorrow shameless plug stri- uh, strictly hoop talk and uh one of the things I wanted to talk about is 
last year, and I'm just going to float this out there. This doesn't have to be a conversation piece for now, but it can be something we revisit and just keep an eye on, is that to me this Durant injury is very suspect, and it reminds me a lot of Curry because I don't know how you guys felt about Curry last year, but to me he was clearly not 100% all finals. He was probably all, all playoffs long, rather. He had stretches where he played well, but uh, but you've seen he he just couldn't move, and he was uh, because of that knee injury he had. And to me, Durant, if Durant's like that, the West is wide open. So that's just something I wanted to float out there. Um, that's just something I wanted to float out there for all the NBA hoop heads to think about. Good point. Good point. What about you, Ken? Uh, yeah, I'll be brief. Um, get well, Cliff Robinson. I read that. He uh, is uh, was hospitalized after suffering a minor brain hemorrhage, and that uh, oh, wow. he's going to be in rehabilitation for a while. So, um, so yeah, man. I just uh, th- that's all they really have said so far. They're not disclosing the nature of the illness that he's going through. But, um, but yeah, man. Just just want to wish the brother, man. I just hope the brother get well, man. We we can't. Um, it would be unfortunate if we lost another uh, NBA player at such a young age. Uh, I'm just going to close out, man. Baseball season right around the corner. Um, I know B and Ken are, are prepping the uh, Fantasy Baseball League, so if you guys are interested in playing, hit them up on Twitter. Um, only thing I can say, man, I'm looking forward to baseball season. Uh, as, as a true Yankees fan, I, this is going to be our year. I know I say that every year. Um, but I'm but I'm, <laughs> but I'm but I'm supposed to say that it's the it's the Yankees, man. We're the Yankees, and you're not. So uh, for all of you listening, all of you losers, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's going to come through the Bronx. Now, I, and I say that in jest, but I mean I, honestly, it's, it, I know that it's going to be a rough year for us. Uh, we've got some holes to fill. Um, you know, not sure what's going what's what's going to happen with CC. Um, but you know what? There's there's a there's a bit of optimism, and I think um, even though the baseball season is a long season, um, as Yankees fans, we're looking forward to you know getting back out there and seeing what the team can do. Um, I mean, we've got a lot of championships. We have the pedigree. We play in the Bronx. I mean, what we're the Yankees again. We're the Yankees, and you are not. But it, it'll be good to see baseball season come back. Uh, for those of you baseball fans out there listening. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out the World Baseball Classic, do so. It's some great baseball being played on a night-to-night basis. So um, make sure to check that out. Uh, that's going to do it for us for this week's podcast of the de- this week's edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. Uh, for our guest Chris Platt joining us, uh, my boy FIFO, BZ Ken, and, and and I'm your host Twelve Kyle. We'll check you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>